This is The Weekender on Y95, brought to you by Eris Yarmouth. Good morning and welcome to The Weekender on Y95, brought to you by Eris Yarmouth, your one-stop healthy home center. I'm Kevin Northup. The Weekender for Saturday, January 7th, 2023. Happy New Year! Coming up this hour, we spoke with local politicians to recap 2022 and a look ahead to this year. Jacob Hostelwade and I will present interviews with Yarmouth Mayor Pam Mood, Warden John Cunningham, Yarmouth MLA and Liberal Leader Zach Churchill, West Nova MP Chris Dontrema, and Argyle MLA and PC Minister Colton LeBlanc. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. Here with uh, Liberal Leader for Nova Scotia and Yarmouth MLA, Zach Churchill. Mr. Churchill, good morning. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Love being here with you, man. So we're at the end of 2022. Um, you look back, you became leader of the Liberal Party, the official opposition. What has this year been like for you? Well, it has been an exciting year uh, professionally. You know, very proud to be the first uh, leader of a political party in Nova Scotia from Yarmouth. You know, very proud of that. And I think it's about time we get one from our area. Uh, you know, we've had we've had others that have tried but uh, didn't break through. So um, that's uh, you know a great a great honor for me. And uh, there's been a lot going on. You know, we got our ferry back this summer, and even despite having some negativity from the current premier. I think the tourism uh, industry uh, knows how successful that was been. We probably had $40 million that came into the province as a result of that ferry coming back, first year out of Bar Harbor, you know, so that's really exciting. And uh, on the negative side, I mean, we've watched our health system get uh, a lot worse uh, in the last year uh, to, a, to a frightening degree. And the impacts of inflation and, and cost of living and, and gas are really affecting uh, a lot of people uh, across the province, and particularly, uh, you know, even working and middle-class uh, people. So you've really got to kind of wrap your head around what, what, what can government do that's helpful in, this circ- in these circumstances. And for yourself as opposition leader, uh, you saw the announcements that Premier Houston made last week with the uh, home heating rebate and, of course, uh, the announcement on the health care expansion uh, in the HRM. So when you saw those announcements, uh, what was your reaction to those? The, well, we've been pushing for the uh, home heating rebate for over a year now. Uh, we've also been pushing for him to expand the income uh, thresholds for the other uh, grants that are available for people for home repairs, for the senior property tax rebate. You know, when inflation is shooting up, uh, you know, over 7% um, year after year for the last few years, you know, the what was considered to be lower income uh, has changed now. You know, people with higher incomes are, are under a lot of pressure too. So that that is a good announcement. Uh, we're happy to see that. That is something specifically that we've been pushing for uh, as well as uh, expanding um, other financial uh, uh, supports that are available for government to make them more uh, accessible to people that uh, make make higher than thirty grand a year, but are still under the crunch right now. We spoke with the NDP leader Claudia Chender, and she said uh, that the announcements about the uh, renovations or the Dartmouth General uh, Cobbequid, um it's a good announcement, but. What's the timeline? What's the finances? Are you kind of in that same boat too as wondering exactly what this plan 
looks like from well, the PCs. Th- this is also coming after they canceled the replacement of the Victoria General. So I am concerned about that. Like we are supposed to build this brand new facility, Odin Bears Lake, that would be more accessible to rural uh, Nova Scotians. So they don't have to drive all the way into the city and deal with traffic when they're getting things like cancer treatment and, 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 and this sort of thing. So, um, yeah, the, the the timelines I think are going to be long. You know, we made we made big capital announcements, some of the the biggest capital announcements in healthcare that uh, certainly the biggest ones we've had in a generation, and it does take years uh, to get going and to get moving. And and now we're in a situation where there's a labor shortage, a skilled labor shortage, and where the cost of everything uh, to build is uh, is a, is a lot higher. So I think we are most likely going to see delays with those, and it's not going to alleviate the immediate pressures on the system right now. You know, I announced the new uh, expanded emergency room at Yarmouth Regional, you know, a year and a half ago, and that's still going to take, <laughs> you know, some years to complete. So these ones, I think, are are, are going to take a while, and we've got to do some things in healthcare immediately if the healthcare system is going to hold with the pressures that are on it. Right, and I know that's a big focus and has been a big focus for you and, and the Liberal Party. Uh, when you look ahead to 2023, obviously we're, we're going to go right off the bat with uh, still it's uh, the cost of living, uh, health care in the province are, are big issues. Uh, so those two big ones aside, what are some of the other things you're looking at for the upcoming year? Uh, well, one locally that's really important is uh, the price of lobster and the impact that that has on our economy. So we, we we're seeing the price hover at a level now where, okay, we might be able to <laughs> get through the se- season, pay the high uh, gas prices and fuel prices, diesel prices that uh, that we have to. Um, but one concern I have there is uh, the Houston government did remove uh, marketing dollars to get our, our lobsters to, to market in Europe. Obviously, there's some complications in, in China right now diplomatically. Uh, but that certainly didn't stop our government from marketing our products there and, and getting them to market, and that drove the prices up uh, significantly. So we've got to pay attention to our rural economy and uh, traditional industry uh, traditional industries, and, and I think one that's sticking out right now is, is lobster because of where the price is and because the provincial government has uh, stepped back on its marketing efforts to get those, those, those uh, lobsters to, uh, to market at a, at a better, better price point. So that's a local one for sure, and, and I know that affects many, many areas all across Nova Scotia because lobster fisheries are obviously very yeah. important to this province. It's, bi- it's big here, but it's also big across the whole province. You know, we're a seafaring province, so seafood is, uh, I believe, our greatest export and uh, changes in price. And if we have a provincial government that's not that marketing those products, uh, that can have a really serious impact on uh, the economy of a, of a lot of communities. And we don't know what we're heading into. You know, a lot of economists are saying we're heading into a recession, of course, uh, with interest rates going up uh, through the central bank. That's going to put additional financial pressure on people with variable mortgages or who are trying to buy uh, a home. And we already have a major uh, housing crisis right now in our province. So housing is another thing that we have to pay attention to. And as, as interest rates go up, that's probably going to create uh, a more challenging situation for, for, the, for the housing market and for building new, uh, uh, new apartment buildings, new houses, and, and new units. So that's something we have to pay attention to as well. And it's not just a Halifax issue. You know, this is a housing now is affecting every single community that I uh, visit. Um, 
in the province, and we've got to come up with new innov- innovative ways to get uh, uh, particularly affordable housing units uh, on the market because the current strategies that the government has are, aren't going to work. I think you got to open up you know, the for- the affordable housing grants. Like developers can get up to fifty thousand dollars per unit to make an af- to make affordable housing units. I think you got to open that up to like regular homeowners who might want to you know, renovate their basement or put a nanny suite on or a tiny house in their backyard because big developers aren't necessarily going to look at a real estate market like Yarmouth and, and, and put millions of dollars into a new apartment building, you know, but, uh, you know, we have some people that might be able to renovate their, their houses, turn it into a duplex, put a nanny suite in the basement or put a tiny home in their backyard that can really help, uh, get some new, uh, units, uh, out there, uh, more quickly than waiting around for that silver bullet with a brand new building, which it probably isn't going to uh, hard to make those buildings affordable when they're built brand new anyway, right? And affordable housing is certainly a, a huge issue and one we'll continue to to look upon. And uh, back in July, uh, when you became liberal leader, uh, one of the messages you had, I guess, before that leading up to the, the vote, uh, was rebuilding the Liberal Party. So you see uh, how popular Tim Houston is in the polls amongst leaders in Canada. So how do you feel things are going in that regard as far as building the party and pushing a challenge on to the to the PC government? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's a big challenge, right? You've got you've to find candidates in every single riding across the province who are good quality uh, candidates who can, who can win and who can help you know, rebuild local organizations and, and, and fundraise money. You know, you've, you've got to fundraise, you've, you've got to make sure that, um, you've got volunteers, uh, in every single community as well. They're going to work on campaigns. So that's a fun challenge though. That's recruiting people, finding good people, working with people. Um, and I, uh, I particularly uh, enjoy that work, uh, but it also means we have to keep pointing out where Tim Houston is, is, is failing. Uh, particularly on his number one promise to fix healthcare, we have never seen the healthcare system this bad. In in just uh, what are we? Sixteen months into his 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 premiership, you know, he was going to fix fix healthcare starting on day one. Uh, he said there was a crisis in healthcare when there was sixty thousand people without a family doctor. That number in the last year has more than doubled to one hundred twenty five thousand, and he's making decisions that are contributing to that. So he fired all the. Um, experts in, in, in the health authority, the doctors, uh, the medical leaders to put in his partisan allies and friends. And he's doing this now with the economic development agencies too. Um, so the decision-making isn't as strong. You don't have medical people making all the decisions like you used to. And uh, he got rid of the uh, family doctor in, incentive that was really valuable in keeping family docs in Halifax, which actually helps the rest of the province too. Um mm-hmm because it, it means uh, rural, rural people depend on medical services in Halifax. So he got rid of the family doctor incentive in Halifax, and that has led to a situation where the people that need a family doctor in Halifax has gone up 4,000% in the last year. And so that means uh, with less doctors there, um, there's more people in Halifax going to walk-in clinics, going to emergency rooms to get primary care and that impacts rural Nova Scotians because we have to go to Halifax for some urgent care and for specialized services. Uh, and we utilize walk-in clinics there. So 
um, the situation's getting a, getting a lot a lot worse there, and uh, it's certainly a challenge everywhere. It was a challenge uh, for our government. Uh, we were very focused on it, even and did a lot of work, even though we didn't get much credit for it, right? Because things were challenging. So, I think we just have to keep pointing out where he's making mistakes and uh, where he's making things uh, worse and, and instead of better. And the other day, we'll see uh, see how people feel about him in in uh, two and a half years. Well, uh, Mr. Churchill, uh, for you, I know it's been a big year of change, becoming the, the leader of the Liberal Party. Um, uh, one final message from you as you head out from 2022 going into 2023. Would you like people to know? I'm just excited to get back out there and, and be working with people. You know, I love this job because I, I get to inter- interact with people on a daily basis and hopefully be a part of uh, ideas and um and investments and uh, agendas to to make life better for people, and I particularly like doing that in this part of the province too. You know, <laughs> making sure we we've got a, a strong foundation here so people can succeed in Yarmouth. And I think there's a lot to be optimistic about. We've seen our population uh, in this area like grow over the last few years. Like that is a reversal of uh, a, a trend in declining population in our area. Uh, so that's really exciting. There's a lot of opportunities that that presents, but then there's also going to be some challenges on housing, on healthcare, on our infrastructure. So how do we make sure that we can handle continued growth and uh, and support people as they, they move here and make sure that we're also able to uh, care for and, and support and provide services to um, the people that have lived here their whole lives? Well, time flies. When I first moved here in 2009, everyone was moving away to go out west to work, and now it seems like uh, people want to come to Yarmouth and and you know settle down here. It's it's been that's been the trend over the last eight years. But a, a big driver of that is when uh, price of fuel is low. That means they're going to have a harder time economically in Alberta. And our traditional industries are going to do better here. So when fuel's low and like lobster prices are high, for example, there's going to be a lot more job opportunities in in that market. So we do have a risk right now with with the price of fuel going up that that hurts our economy and it and it it uh, improves the position of Alberta. So that is something that is something to watch for because it's been a good uh, you know eight nine years here, um, and we certainly don't want to see that uh, uh, that that trend reverse. Zach Churchill, the leader of the Liberals in Nova Scotia and uh, the MLA for Yarmouth. Thanks so much for taking the time and uh, wish you all the best in the holiday season and a happy new year. Thanks and Merry Christmas to everybody. Be safe uh, and enjoy uh, the holidays with, uh, with friends, family and loved ones. The Weekender will return in a moment. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. So joined now by the mayor of the town of Yarmouth, uh, Pam Mood. Mayor Mood, thank you for being here. Good morning. Always my pleasure. want to talk a little bit about 2022 and a look back on this year. What are some of the things that the town's accomplished, that council's accomplished, that uh, you're going to look back on and say, wow, this was a, a great year for us here? Well, I'll start by saying that in my 10 years, this is probably the best year for accomplishing uh, projects, getting things done. You know, you start with the return of the ferry, which means the ferry terminal has to be done. We got uh, phase one up and running at the tune of, you know, $10 million, but that was all levels of government. So that's done, ready for phase two. You know, the active transportation trail is top of mind for this council. Uh, not just for physical, but for mental health. 
So we've uh, connected one end of town with the other. It's wide, everything from scooters, runners, walkers, you know, baby carriages, all that stuff. Everybody belongs on that trail. The response we're getting is phenomenal. Gosh, the, the list is long. You know, we had some great, great accomplishments with regard to the downtown and winning awards. And I mean national awards, which means... Uh, you know, it's not always just about the award. It's about the attention you get. And we know that the more people that are here, the more taxes that come in, the more projects we can do. So, you know, we're all about drawing folks to the area. We think we have the best quality of life here, of course. So, you know, people are coming in. I would say one of my highlights is that the population went up almost 5%. And if I put that into perspective, our population in Yarmouth hasn't gone up since the early 1990s. So this is huge. Uh, that's hundreds of more people that are finding Yarmouth home. They can go anywhere in the world they want to be um, and they choose here. So we're doing everything right. We're setting the table. Uh, my goodness, you know, the, the, the list really is long. The accessibility piece that, you know, the team got up and, and running is tremendously important. By 2030, we have to have that all, you know, laid out. So the uh, accessibility committee is, is up and going. Just lots of, uh, lots of things. Mm-hmm. Want to ask you as well, <laughs> when you look back on 2022, we saw that announcement at Mariner Center in October. Um, will you look at that moment as, okay, this is where we're starting here. This is where we're yeah. going with Mariner Center. Yeah, and, and I would say, you know, if I had to draw a list, I think that would be number one. This is by far the largest project that Yarmouth County municipalities have ever tackled uh, to get that amount of funding for something that the community has been screaming for. Um, you know, they, we need it, certainly. And again, I go back not just to physical, but mental health uh, for everyone. So when that funding came through, it was just, okay, let's, let's get this moving. Um, you know, credit to everyone that put everything on the table, that came together, had the discussions. And frankly, I, you know, we couldn't have done this without the best chair. And that's uh, the Deputy Warden of Argyle, Nicole Albright and um, she's she's just been tremendous with keeping everybody in the loop and making those connections. And looking ahead to 2023, what are some priorities you're looking at right away? Woohoo! <laughs> I just want to, you know, let's let's keep on the roll. We got so so much done this year, so you know we have to kind of hit the reset button and see, you know, what is it we want to tackle. I know I know for me, and I know councils. Uh, with me on this, the waterfront is is really, really important. There's so much potential down there. We remember always that it's a working waterfront and we respect, you know, the fishers, which give us, you know, this economy. They make the economy go round. So respecting that piece and the businesses that are down there, you know, what else can we do with that waterfront? You know, try to connect more trails, uh, work more on the Mariner Center, Uh, get that accessibility up and running just, and then um, let's put that aside and tackle some of the issues that are, let's call it what it is, provincially mandated. We've got healthcare, um, which is mental health again. I mean, I don't have to say to anybody what's happened in this community in that regard. 
um, is there something we can do at our level, even though it's it's not ours to bear, it's our people. Um, we see these folks face to face. If there's something we can do, we can't, we will. And housing. I mean, with more people, we need more housing. And what is it we can do with this level? It's, it's not a municipal job to to find housing, but how can we, you know, work towards more? What what kind of plan can we get in place? And we've always done that. We just have to really dig in and figure this piece out. So lots on the slate, lots on the slate. And it's been a busy month uh, for holiday celebrations as well. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about the New Year's levy. I saw there was mm-hmm. a post there uh, today about yes. that. Uh, that's coming up on January 1st. It is. Uh, we are inviting everyone from the whole region, so it doesn't matter where you live, come on into Town Hall from 11 till 1 on New Year's Day. We'll have live music, uh, lots of great food, and actually people will actually be serving it, so that's even a bonus. You know, it's it's a great way to ring in the new year. It's a wonderful tradition, you know, council will be there, some staff, you know, meet your meet your neighbors, meet some people in the neighborhood and uh it's it's just a a great way to start off the year. So we're excited about that 11 to 1 on New Year's Day at Town Hall. Mayor Mood, thank you and I uh, want to wish you a very merry Christmas and holiday season and all the best in the new year. The same to you always. So joined now by the MP uh for West Nova, Chris Dontremont. Uh, good morning MP Dontremont. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Now, of course, we're looking back on 2022. It was an eventful year uh, for you, becoming uh, you know a deputy speaker of the House, uh, one of the first Nova Scotians to hold that title, first ever Acadian, uh, but first uh, Nova Scotians to hold that title uh, since the you know the early in the last century. So, uh, having that title and, and carrying forward this year, what's that meant to you? Well, it's trying to find the balance between sort of the highly political world that we sort of live in. Uh, you know, MPs uh, tend to, you know, of course, belong to a political party, uh, try to espouse the rules or the, 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 the platforms of those, of those groups, the philosophies of those groups. So what I found was it was, I, I was sort of a good questioner in question period. And, you know, I can be a very partisan political person if I wanted to want to be, but, you know, quite honestly, trying to find a new role, trying to find that, 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 that balance between representing your constituents, trying to be nonpartisan, trying to work with other ministers and trying to get projects done for our area. You know, so it was a bit of a learning curve through the last uh, last few months. But, uh, you know, I think we, we achieved a number of things uh, that, that, of course, I'm very happy with. And for you, you mentioned this to me, to me to me before, but this speaker role has opened you up kind of to more conversations with uh, with ministers and 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 MPs and things like that. So, uh, and you mentioned like getting projects done in this area is another big aspect of it too. So, has this new role helped you branch out even more uh, in government? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if we look at the uh, project for the Mariner Center. Um, I mean, that came with a lot of discussion with uh, Minister Leblanc, and that would only really have happened since I've been a minister or the deputy speaker of the House of Commons. You know, working with ministers uh, is something that, you know, a backbench MP doesn't get to do quite often. Uh, You know, notoriety in that house comes from different reasons. I mean, some of it comes from being ministers, being leaders. Um, The backbench tends to have a much harder time trying to make that happen. Uh, The deputy speaker one has lined us up for a number of different things. Uh, You know, even if I look back at the the fishery stuff that we we've talked about over the last number of of, of years, or at least since I collected in 2019, um, 
working with the minister directly, uh, I think, has helped. Uh, working with the, the parliamentary secretary uh, has helped. Um, you know, we haven't solved the issue completely of what's going on in St. Mary's Bay, but I would say suggest that it was much calmer over the last number of, of, of months, over this last summer. And that's only because, you know, community did a good job. Uh, indigenous, indigenous communities have done a good job. Um, I work really hard with the minister to, to make her understand those things. So I think being in these positions sometimes, you know, have a better effect than, you know, taking offense to something in the House of Commons or asking a question or being, you know, super partisan. Sometimes you get you need to find ways to roll up your sleeves and work together. For you personally and for your party, when you look back on 2022, what are some of the highlights for you? Well, ultimately, it's, uh, you know, getting, getting a, new, uh, a new leader elected, uh, you know, slowly getting Mr. Poliev out and about around the, around the country. It's a big country to, to try to get to know, uh, you know, so I, so I get to play a little bit of that partisan, partisan uh, side of things. Uh, you know, Pierre was able to come to, uh, to New Brunswick. He was in Newfoundland. He did a, a short jaunt through Nova Scotia. You know, we're working hard to try to get him known. Uh, that was a, an absolute highlight that we could move on. Uh, rally behind a new leader uh, and and continue to you know continue to advocate for you know Canadians for their pocketbooks uh, talking talking about their bank accounts talking about the challenges we're going to have in in affordability over the next number of months you know and, and I think that focus uh, has given us a whole a whole bunch of, of wind in our wings to try to talk about those things for Canadians. And uh, coming up in 2023, I, I know inflation obviously is top of mind, like mm-hmm. you said. Um, so many issues with that, surrounding that. What's the big focus for you and your party as you head into the new year? Well, I think the focus will continue to be uh, about affordability, um, you know, trying to find ways to make the under, make the government understand that, you know, every time they make a decision that ends up costing more in tax or in carbon tax or something else, that there's a real repercussion for people in ridings like West Nova. Uh, you know, whether you're for a carbon tax or against a carbon tax, uh, you can understand that the idea of it, I think in its purest form, is to try to change the habits of Canadians so they don't drive as much, so they don't heat their houses as much, so they don't do these things that, of course, create carbon that create, you know, you need to burn a fossil fuel in order to do that. What I think some of these things that, that the government doesn't catch on to is that we don't necessarily have a bus service that can get us places. We don't, we don't have trans, transit. We don't have trains. So people have to get into their cars. They have to drive 30 minutes or 40 minutes or 15 minutes to get to, to their place of employment. Um, so some of these decisions that they make uh, will have long-term effects on the affordability of those families. Um, so we need to find ways to, to, to work, work with them. And it's not good enough to say, well, you know, because of the program that we have or the backstop, let's say, in carbon tax that we have, you know, they get back or, you know, most, most Canadians get back more money than what they pay. Well, it's our philosophy that it's best to leave that money in the pockets of Canadians and let them make spending decisions on, on what they're doing with those dollars. So we need to do a lot more work on that to try to explain to Canadians that yes, we're for the environment, but this is not, this is not an environmental plan. This is, this is simply a taxation plan uh, that in, in the end has created no results. So, you know, we're going to have to do a lot more work in and around that one.
West Nova MP Chris Dontremont has been uh, our guest this morning. Thank you so much for joining us, and we wish you a happy holiday season and all the best in the new year. Well, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everyone, and hopefully get to see them over the over the break. Uh, you know, whether we're out and about around the around the grocery store or shopping local, you know, making sure we're doing all those great things. But uh, you know, I wish everybody a happy, happy, and and fruitful 2023. The Weekender will return in a moment. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. Chatting now with uh, Argyle MLA, Colton LeBlanc. And uh, how are you looking? How are you feeling looking back on 2022? Uh, listen, it's been a very busy year. Our, our first uh, full year in government, uh, lots accomplished. And of course, more on the, on the horizon that we're going to tackle. And, uh, and it's uh, at this time of the year, you know, looking forward to a little break, uh, you know, a little bit of downtime with some family and friends. And, uh, you know, listen, it's been a, a true privilege and honor to have the, the trust and confidence of uh, the constituents of Argyle to represent them in, in Halifax of the legislature um, and, and to be part of, of, of our government to, to advance our agenda and to do the good work on, on behalf of Nova Scotians. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, some of those accomplishments, and I guess we'll start with that. Are there any you want to highlight? Yeah, of course. Years? Yeah, of course. We were elected on on, a, on an agenda to to fix healthcare, and you know, of course, there's some still some challenges within within that sector. But listen, we've we've done a lot. I'd argue that we've done more in the first 15 months of our mandate than than in a previous mandate of of another government. Uh, I've made the the analogy that healthcare is like the chain of a bicycle, and we have so many so many links of that chain that need attention. So whether it be primary care, emergency health services, uh, surgical wait times, uh, emergency rooms, these all need attention as as a system to help that 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 chain and that wheel of that bicycle move. And I guess to to bring it back to healthcare to make the system flow. Uh, better. So, you know, when we look at access to primary care, um, we're focusing our efforts on, on recruiting um, and, and retaining our, our physicians. We had a record number of physicians recruited, 163 uh, last year. Uh, we need to do more, of course. Um, so that's why we're looking and working with regulatory bodies, such as the College of Physicians, of how we can, um, you know, improve, um, you know, the flow of, of physicians, the, the recruitment of physicians from even outside of our outside of our provincial borders, but even outside of our, our out of our uh, national borders, so uh, focusing on on on, um, on immigration, and just this week, uh, the province announced that over the next three years, there's a, a program uh, with with the pro- with the college to recruit uh, 140 uh, doctors over the next three years. So that's very important, um, and I guess you know when it comes to to healthcare, you know the, the, where we are at today. We have to acknowledge that we're not going to get out of this situation overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to be. It's going to take money. The premier's been very, very clear on that, right? right. Um, and, and you know, I, I've, I've said it before. We we can't continue doing the same things that we've been doing for the last thirty years and expect a different result. So when we talk about access of care, um, you know, we've we've expanded virtual care in Nova Scotia, which has been you know uh, a, a very uh, a good initiative, um, and then. And then so many uh, Nova Scotians that are that are waiting for primary care are accessing accessing care through there, 
But uh, another initiative that we've seen in our own region a number of, a couple of weeks ago is the mobile primary care clinic that was at uh, Harbor South uh, Medical Clinic. Yeah, I saw that's been coming around this sort of area. It was there. It was over in, I think, Weymouth as well. Yeah, it's been up in Digby and Weymouth, and it's making making its way um, across, the pro- across the province. Uh, listen, we, we have to implement innovative ideas, different ideas, uh, and provide Nova Scotians with, with those different points of care. And, and I've heard very positive feedback. So we're just getting started on, on those types of initiatives. And, and this is certainly feedback that the Minister of Health and, and um, the President of this and CEO of the Nova Scotia Health Authority are, are hearing during their community conversations as they make their way across the province. They'll be uh, in our neck of the woods uh, early in the new year to, to, be, to take part in those community conversations, to hear from healthcare workers, to hear from Nova Scotians firsthand of how things are going, but also share with Nova Scotians the work of government um, because there are a lot of initiatives that are underway um, and it's going to take time to, to get them, uh, you know, get the, the chain of that bicycle uh, moving. But, uh, you know, some of those initiatives, those are very positive things. And, you know, even as uh, looking through the, you know, my, my past professional career as a, as a paramedic, uh, a number of things underway there that are, that are very exciting that are different. You know, in November, we were the first province in the country to have a, paramedic, a nurse, and a doctor working in the 911 call center for, for EHS to, to triage through calls, to manage non-urgent calls, um, to support on, uh, you know, different initiatives like the transport operators, decreasing, thus decreasing the number of, of non-urgent transfers that paramedics were, were doing. Uh, in 2021, it was like above 85% of those non-urgent transfers were being done by paramedics. Now we're down into the 20 percentile with a target of 10%, allowing paramedics to do the emergency calls right. and not, uh, you know, not spending their time on the non-urgent calls that, uh, that uh, somebody else can be doing. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of things on the, on the health file that are taking place, it, it's, it's um, exciting to see, and there's more, more to come in, in the new year for sure. For sure, and healthcare is definitely you know, a thing on most people's minds you know, going into you know, any, any time of year, you know, it's, it's just so important to be thinking about that. But let's also talk about some of the other local accomplishments. There were some big funding announcements, of course, for the Mariner Center and for the Congrès Mondial. So, yeah, yeah. How are no, you feeling about those initiatives? Yeah, so the, the Congrès Mondial is, is coming up very quickly. And, uh, you know, in 2024, we're going to welcome, you know, 30,000 visitors to, to the uh, Argyle and Clare regions. Uh, of course, and they'll be, you know, spending some time in the other parts of the tri-counties and I, and I expect in, in different parts of the province as well. Uh, so as a, as a province, I was uh, part of the pro- provincial government. I was very excited to announce a provincial contribution of $2.5 million to support the success of the, of the Congrès Mondial Acadien. This is a world-class event um, with folks coming from, you know, every, every corner of the world um, and coming to, you know, the birthplace of Acadie here. Uh, so it's going to be an opportunity to, to showcase our, our, our cultural pride, our, our, you know, our beautiful, showcase our beautiful region. Um, and there's going to be some, some you know, tremendous economic uh, impact uh, on, on our region and hopefully, you know, uh, you know, create a magnet for folks to come back in the future. Um, you know, as far as the, you know, the Mariner Center announcement that was back in October, I believe, time's flying by. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was really excited to, to announce on behalf of, of our government, uh, you know, a provincial contribution of $4 million, uh, part of the, the uh, total of $30 million between the municipalities and, and the, the federal government. Uh, this is uh, very important. You know, folks in southwestern Nova Scotia uh, understand and appreciate 
um, the hub that the Mariner Center is for our region. Uh, and so to allow that, that hub to, to grow, to provide other services, you know, we're talking about the construction of a new pool um, and how you can tie in our sports with you know sports tourism and you know we've seen uh just this past weekend here with with the the timber cup i'm happy you know that uh uh, the Sharks, Panama Sharks, were victorious there. <laughs> uh, you know, we had folks coming from across our province, so that's spending money, hotel nights, and, and money at restaurants, supporting our local industries here. So that's very important. So to see that that project uh, uh, move forward, to, to be able to announce on behalf of our government that support and that we're committed to seeing that success, uh, I was very proud to do so. Yeah, it's, it's important to mention, you know, just making the Mariner Center that hub because, of course, we saw the seniors curling as well just this month. So there's, right. there's a lot going on there uh, and a lot to look forward to. So let's let's look forward a little bit. So yeah. uh, how are you feeling heading into 2023? Uh, I'm very, you know, I'm very optimistic of what uh, what we have on, on the horizon. Uh, listen, we, we, we live in a, in a beautiful uh, part of the world and, and, and argue uh you know, southwestern Nova Scotia, probably. I'd say the, I'd say hands down. I know you're from Cape Breton. I'd say hands down. Oh no, well, beautiful I've, part I've, of the province. Yeah. I have fallen in love with this part of the province. It, there's so much here. It's so beautiful. There's like so much to offer here. I just, I love it here. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. So it's uh, again, I'm, I'm honored to to represent uh, the constituents of Argyle and part of our county. It's uh, and, and, you know, like uh, to, to carry that their voice uh, to Halifax and to, you know, uh, and I wouldn't be uh, where I am without the support of, of, of you know, and the, the tremendous amount of work that my, my office does. Jeanette and Adele, they do uh, you know, tremendous work to support the constituents while, while I work in Halifax. And so we're, we're a great team. I'm really, really happy and proud of the, the, the work and the caliber of, of work that we're able to support the constituents. But, uh, you know, uh, like I start going back to the top, we, we have a lot to do on the healthcare file. There's going to be uh, some some more efforts, and there's more initiatives underway there. Um, and, and you know, looking at uh, you know the future of, of our region, you know, I, I I reflect back on on past initiatives or past you know events like uh, the the TMAC conference, right? The Tourism Marketing um, Media Association of Canada, uh, and the draw that that had, and the attention that that uh, shined on our region. So I'm hopeful and optimistic that we're going to have some of the spinoffs from from the stories and the and and, and uh, of and the, of the influencers and the journalists that came down to our region to see that our our, our tourism industry can continue to to grow and, and prosper as we make our way out of this pandemic. For sure, for sure. And uh, I guess my last question would just be: Do you have a message you want to share for people for the holiday season? Yeah, no, I know. Listen, the holiday season is is a, is a time that you know for most people it's a it's a happy time, but understanding that uh, for some it's, it's it's challenging for at times. So uh, you know, to to everyone in the region, you know, to to make sure that we're looking out for our neighbors and friends and, and family uh, during this time of need or during this time of of, of the holiday season. But uh, that hopefully that uh, the light of, of, of Christmas can shine in our hearts and, and be, you know, uh, a time that we can spend together with our family and friends and, and, and loved ones. And it'd be a time of, of happiness, joy and, and peace for everyone. And uh, so from my house to everyone, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays and all the best in 2023. Great. And uh, is there anything else you want to mention either about uh, looking back on 2022 or ahead to the next year? Uh, just one more quick uh, uh, um, important initiative. You know, um, the cost of living is is a real issue for for Nova Scotians, and 
you know, uh, what we've seen in the last number of, of months and um, over the pandemic, you know, rising cost of fuel, rising cost of food. So as a government, we've recognized that, you know, we've actually put our stake in the ground very firmly that we take strong opposition um, to the liberal carbon tax that's uh, that the federal government's going to implement. Um, that's that's not going to be of benefit for anybody in Nova Scotia. You know, we are a rural region that we have no other choice. We have to travel. We, you know, we don't have subways. We don't, we're, although we have some um, public transit here, it doesn't reach out into the, you know, to the boondocks of our county. It doesn't make it to Quinnan, for example, or Kent. Right. So um, the fact is, is that Nova Scotians need to travel. So to have that additional burden at the pumps is, is not going to, not going to be helpful. Uh, but right now, uh, last week, our, our government actually announced an unprecedented uh, uh, initiative, uh, $100 million to support the heating assistance rebate program. That's going to allow uh, more Nova Scotians than ever to be eligible uh, for the program. We've al also increased the, the rebate amount from previously $200 to $1,000. Uh, so the, the threshold is now $85,000 for, uh, for household income. So that program is going live in, uh, at the end of January, January 30th. So I encourage everybody to, to look online for, sir, for some more information or reach out to my office. We'll be more than happy to help them out. But, uh, you know, this is, these are challenging times. But um, as a government, we're, we're committed to delivering on sustainable solutions for, for Nova Scotians. And this is one. We'll see how things go in the new year. Thanks so much. And the Weekender continues now with an interview with Yarmouth Municipal Warden John Cunningham. So how does it feel looking back on 2022? How does it feel looking back on 2022? Well, there's been certainly a lot of uh, great moments and achievements in 2022. One of the uh, most exciting things that, that we're all very well aware of was the uh, announcement of the Mariner Centre expansion. A uh, $29.9 million expansion for this community is phenomenal. It is by far one of the largest announcements that's ever come to Southwest Nova, uh, and it's certainly going to uh, be exciting to see this project move forward and ultimately being built. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely the one of the biggest things that, that happened this year. Uh, tell us more about what that means for the community. Uh, for the community, it's going to provide uh, a greater chance to be active, uh, stay connected with one another, attract newcomers to the area, um, and support economic development in the area. It's just one, uh, I was going to say small piece, but really it's a big piece of uh, infrastructure that, that we really need, and it's certainly going to improve uh, the situation around here with all those things that I just mentioned. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Uh, were there any other accomplishments you want to highlight? Uh, some of the other highlights uh, would be uh, the renaming of the Hebron Business Park. Uh, Council decided to name that the Nova West Regional Business Park. Uh, our goal is to attract worldwide attention to the uh, to the park with, from global buyers in the business park. Um, it's already started, as as we all know. Uh, FedEx has recently built a, a new facility in that area, and they're certainly an international company. And also, uh, Dancor is going to be built starting in the spring, building a new modular building to uh, house startup businesses. It's something that our economic development officer had noted, and it's something that councils move forward on. So that's there's lots of, of highlights. Um, we've been constructing a sidewalk in Dayton, in Dayton uh, on the Greenville Road and Port Maitland. So there's been a lot going on, and those are what I can think of as one of the top highlights of 2022 for sure. So looking ahead to 2023, uh, how are you feeling and what priorities does council have? 2023, um, 
Moving forward, uh, the top priority for Council is to support the community by uh, continuing to embrace our diversity and inclusion in tangible, in tangible ways. Specifically, we're looking to launch our diversity, equity, and inclusion work to help guide municipal decisions for all encompassing lens for everybody in the community. We're also making uh, our buildings accessible to see the construction of Cape Pursue Alarm Lookoff Building, which is something that I didn't mention. Uh, to provide uh, opportunity for people of all different types of abilities to experience the incredible views out there. Uh, following any uh, recommendations from our uh, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, Council will likely look to uh, modify our policies to ensure to align it to uh, the new perspectives that Council's taken on. That's all great. And uh, do you have a message you want to share heading into the holidays? Uh, my message is always has been uh, always look out for your neighbors and it's the little things that you do for your neighbors, friends and people in need that, that mean the most. Christmas isn't always about the big Christmas gift. It's the little things that we can do to help our communities and those who are unable to get out or, or don't have a lot of family or friends. Uh, our seniors in our community would certainly appreciate a visit and knock on the door or even a call. Uh, make sure that we look out for one another and uh, please continue that on for, for the upcoming year of 2023. And that's our program for today. Thanks for listening. For story suggestions or to submit feedback, email news.cjls at radioabl.ca or call our news line at 902-749-1919. To listen to archived versions of our program, visit us online at cjls.com and click on The Weekender. The Weekender is a production of the Y95 Newsroom and is brought to you by Eris Yarmouth, your one-stop healthy home center.